I am Justin Onet Graham. And I'm Nariba Shepard. And, and this, this is Terms, Terms of Service. Service. Yo, two times so, in a row. I know. Yeah, we're doing it's, it. It's like we do this regularly or yeah, something. It's, yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of like we like do the damn thing. I, you're like the best hype person and I'm the worst hype person. And it's a beautiful <laughs> balance that we have between us. And I'm here for absolutely fucking all of it. I'm, so, like, I'm here for it. Yes. For sure. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, you know, as far as the world is going. The, the pause is getting. It's Listen, it's because <laughs> I can't like shut my brain off. So when someone's like, oh, what's going on? I was like, well, um, Big Daddy P is <laughs> being an asshole. Mm-hmm. And yeah. but I am living for Ukrainian soldiers not giving a fuck. That has yeah. been. Yeah. Like a okay, like yeah, we are not meant to be in a war state all the time. However, I like to see such a strong sense of camaraderie for a country, right? Because America doesn't know that. Yeah, I mean these are the, these are facts. I mean, and I have said it said it before. I don't believe I ever said it on air, um, but I'll say it now. Um, I'm realizing that a kink of mine is like white on white crimes. <laughs> Um, and so it's pretty fucked up to say, but I'm obsessed with it. Um, you know, we all know, um, what, what happened, you know, on the date, the date that shall not be named. Yes. January 6th. (laughs) Um. Follow through. Yeah. Follow, follow through. And, you know, I was just like, I'm watching the shit in real ass time. Mm -hmm. And I'm here for all of it. But then also, very recently, I rewatched a documentary on the Fire Festival, which mm, uh, also. Oh, uh, uh, love them. Uh, uh, just like. Give I me mean, that it, shit. It, it just like, I mean, just let me bathe in it. You that know, I was like. is oh. wild. I'm like, this is the best thing ever. But then I went into a deep dive mm. and watched a documentary about the admission scandal. And I was just like, yeah. I am living my best life right yeah. now because the caucasity is phenomenal. It's real. It's so real. That's how I feel watching Real Housewives of Orange County. Oh I'm God. just like, you can't complain about anything. Anything. but Anything. I mean, anything. But, you know. But I can't stop watching it because I'm just like, it's, great. it's so foreign to me. It's great. Yeah. Love it. Potato chips for the brain. Yes. Which is Listen. how I'm dealing with the war state that we are uh, seeing unfold. Well, I mean, you know, and the very interesting thing about, you know, the work that we do here at Terms of Service mm. is, you know, we are recording in factual times. Yeah. However, we will be dropping in, in the a time that I sincerely hope that things have changed. You know, they've shifted. Mm. But... That's too soon. But I, I know. <laughs> I'm just, you know, it's just like a bitch can hope. And you know what? You got to have that. I reverted it. when like COVID happened for the like ninth time. Also, I'm really impressed by your growth because, uh, you know, it's now COVID. Yeah. Um, but it used to be Ponderosa. Well, you, yeah, so, you know, it's, it, it but there's an expiration out night. There, there's an expiration date now, um, which will have passed. By the time that this drops, because <clears throat> the mandate mm-hmm. here in Chicago will Ugh. have expired. And I was like, I didn't realize that you could put a date on that. But you know what? Listen, would, like, you know, on the CDC yeah. website, it says 2024. 
is when things will start to look similar to normal again. I thought the CDC website literally just had a bold headline as to say, the fuck you thought. I mean, yeah, for sure. But I'm talking about when it first was going on. Yeah. And like, I actually went to the CDC website (laughs) to be like, yo, WTF. Right. That's like the timeline that they projected. Yeah. And uh, capitalism is like, "Mm, no. (laughs) And science was like, I guess. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to need, (laughs) like, I'm going to need y'all to get back to work. Yeah. Um, because. Papa Fauci. Yeah. Because they're. they're, He's sort of like a Smurf. That's endearing. That's, that's so kind. Like Papa, Papa Smurf. Yeah. Papa Fauci. I have never thought of it that way, but, um, I'm trying to make a very smooth uh, transition, but fuck it because okay, it's not yeah, going yeah, yeah. to happen, happen yeah. with what was just just mentioned. <laughs> um, we have a guest. Yeah, we do. Another Hello. guest. Hi, Dan. Hi. Um, so sorry about me not figuring out how to like make that smooth transition because we do not believe that you look like Papa Smurf or a Smurf at all. Yes. So yeah, um, thank you for joining us. Thank you for not making me look like a Smurf. I appreciate it. Of course, of course. And I mean, shout out to Nariba for um, forever burning that into my brain. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, Because you're not. I'm not. <laughs> so, so, I'm not. So it's, it was funny. Uh, yeah, I said it. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's all good. Uh, so, did you snort? Yeah. Sick. <laughs> awesome. But yes, so we are here today with the wonderful Dan Mason. Mm-hmm. And as per TOS tradition, we must start where it is appropriate. Yes. What's your sign? I'm a Libra. Oh. oh. Is this uh, our first Libra? I don't think so. You sure? Yes. Okay. I feel like I haven't heard that before. Really? I don't know. I'll go back. We'll have to fact check later. But I'll go back in the show notes. I enjoy a good Libra. Um, My roommate Delaney is a Libra and my sister-in-law is a Libra. And my friend Rick, who was nominated for James Beard Award Mm -hmm. through Butcher and Bee, found out today. Dope. In the past. Congrats. Yeah. It's, I'm very excited for him. Rick Olamacher, you salty dog. <laughs> he listens to this when he goes to work on Monday sometimes. So. Oh, my um, God. And he's probably, maybe, um, but hopefully not, going to drop everything that he has in his hands and be like, I hope not. He's driving yeah. to work. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was like, don't <laughs> drop the wheel, okay? Because truly, Jesus take the wheel mm-hmm. at that. Um, Libras are my favorite because y'all are like secretly messy. You like love to live for a dramatic moment and it's not on purpose. It's like you just happen to always be around it and it doesn't have to involve you. But like y'all are also very much uh, can be devil's advocate because you feed off energies of people around you and you want to like be pleasant and like make people feel comfortable And y'all are very indecisive a lot of the time. It's hard to like... Are you sure we've not met before? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) It's... Amazing. I I want to like have that energy about me, but I can't. Because I'm just like, sometimes I'm like, this is sloppy. So I think... And I would never. (laughs) I I think... Because we're going to get into this, you know, later later in the episode. But um, I was talking to someone very very recently about like restaurant management mm-hmm. and I'm like the funny thing to me about restaurant management is that they are like 
it's like the the passive aggressive uh, kind of like light the match mm-hmm. and then just like walk walk, walk away, away and, and, watch I, and I feel like the greatest example of that is side work and silverware. <laughs> It's like, it's very Lord of the Flies. Oh my God. It's just like, well, you know what? It's just like, this is the person that you have to check out with. And it's just like, once you're done, like, it's whatever. And mm-hmm. then you just leave leave the kids at home for them to all start bickering and fighting amongst themselves. Who's going to do the roll-ups before? Yeah. Exactly. It's just like, <laughs> I need another layer of roll-ups here. And it's just like, well, you're not going to get them. Like, this, like, it's just like, it's all the things. And no one wants to actually have the conversation with the management no. about it. Um, because they're just like, well, we have to figure this out on our own. Listen, Delaney, love her. The first time that the last staff meeting that I had with her and the owners of the place we were at... Um, I like did my whole spiel. These are the counts. This is what we're doing on the menu tonight. And I was like, I really have to get back to work. I got up. They were going to start like the front of house check in. And as I'm walking down the hallway, Delaney's like, if you think one person could be the general manager of this spot, you're (laughs) fucking crazy. And I was like, she just lit a fucking fuse and threw it in there. And was like, I was like, okay, I'm leaving now. Yeah. I will be listening at the doors. (laughs) But like, you're like, I just need to, I need to know. We need to know how it ends. Yeah. You know, but before we talk about how it ends, we must start, we must, you know, begin with how it all began. That was a, a very good attempt at thank a you. smooth transition. I, know, I, tried. I tried. I tried. I saw that coming. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. I liked it. Thank I you. did it. It was unexpected. Nice. So you. like, whew. thank you. I was just like, I like, like the whole the whole time that you were speaking, Ariba, I was just like, I was like, I think it was going to work. I really think it's going to work. I was just like, I just need, I was just like, I just need her to like keep saying the things that I believe that she's going to say. And then if you want either Justin or I to be at a speaking event for you, this is a good sample of what it's going to be like, Absolutely. but you can hit us up, but you can totally hit us up. Uh, Terms of service podcast on Instagram and yeah. also connect at terms of service media. Yeah. We're always here for you. Yeah. So yes. Um, back to originally scheduled programming. The beginning. What's up, Dan? Hey. <laughs> so, if you would be so kindly, introduce yourself, talk to us a little bit about your background. You have a very interesting uh, connection to the TOS fam here, um, and it's on a couple different notes, and I feel like it will naturally arise in this conversation. It probably will. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, who the hell are you, Dan? My name is Dan Mason. I'm from the Chicago suburbs. I uh, did not grow up in a restaurant. I did not grow up with any family members that worked in restaurants. I had an older brother, a year older than me, Joe Mason. Shout out to you. Hi, Joe. And he had a job working in a movie theater and he had money. And I wanted to hang out with him and his friends and do stuff. And I didn't have any money. And I saw a sign of a restaurant that was across the street from in the little shopping mall in the suburbs that we grew up in Mm -hmm. that said not hiring. And I walked in at the age of just under 16 and they said, what can you do? And I was like, I got two arms and two legs and they work to the best of my knowledge. I'm like, I'll do anything. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, come in tonight as a busboy. And I started there and that was the downfall. Oh, damn. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we all know the beginning. Yeah. The beginning of the end, as they call it. But yes. I would not trade it for anything else in the world. I, I, right. I went to school. Uh, I thought I was going to be an engineer. I've always been math science minded. Um, my shout out to you because no taint, <laughs> not taint for, for me. me. No. Uh-uh. Hard pass. No, can't can't do I, it. I hit a point where I was like, 
it's work and it's not interesting and fun anymore. And uh, that was right at junior, senior year of college. And I was like, all right, I'm good. I'm like, I don't know that I'm going to continue this as a path, but yeah. I don't know where I'm going to go. Well, the yeah. closest that I've ever come to that of engineering is the quote from the cinematic masterpiece oh God. of Zoolander. Oh, God. Where it's that fucking center for ants. Yes. And it needs to be at least three times this big. Yes. So that is that is me in a nutshell, and an engineering background. Continue, Dan. Gotcha. <laughs> yes. Um, my nephew just got into the University of New Hampshire with a, or a civil engineering. I always forget that New so. Hampshire exists. We've mentioned it twice already today, so it's real. Right. It's the I smallest, know it's the smallest state in the in the country, right? Yes. And no? it is. It, it Max holds is, Max is, the, the Max is literally. Oh, oh, yeah, that's no, no, no. what I was thinking. Is, oh, yeah. is Hawaii smaller? No, no. Rhode Island is like... Max seems pretty damn convinced over here, so I guess we're just going to let him have that. No, it is Rhode Island. He's correct. Yeah, well, I mean... But Laconia, New Hampshire is the meth capital of the USA. Interesting. Fun fact. Yeah. So is it fun? And is I it self My roommate <laughs> from uh, college is from that town. And the entire time we were in college, her dad would send clippings of like meth labs being blown up and hmm. schools having to close down because they were going to raid a meth lab and it was probably going to blow up. All, all I'm the time. envisioning right now is driving into that town and there's like a Shit's Creek kind of sign, but it's <laughs> oh, yeah, not a husband. It's not two people standing next to each other, but it's a house blown up. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's I mean, just like, essentially, there, there's a little bit of a a turn of events there because they're teaching critical race theory and Laconia response to like people being upset about that was like, well, you can pay for your kids to go to private school. Wow. That was their like response. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, that's rude. They also have one of the biggest motorcycle rallies in the U.S. as well. Hmm. I'm I know way too much about Laconia now that I'm talking about yeah, it. I, I just, feel weird. Yeah, I was like, That's- well, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're going to go ahead and just like really dive into like everything that is New Hampshire. Um, I love to more. learn about it. Yeah, yeah, I was just like, hmm, well, I'm going to uh, fire up the Wikipedia link. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because a bitch got questions. Yeah. But we only have so much time. No so, problem. once again, Dan. How did I get to a, <laughs> How did I get into this? Yes. I, you know what? I I was fortunate enough to be raised in a family that we, my parents were open to being the house that we hung out at, right? So huh. we had a basement that the kids hung out in all the time and mom and dad knew all of our friends and would greet them at the front door. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, this was before there were cell phones and you'd call your friend up what and go, hey. What was that like? No, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. I when I was we younger, I had of that. I know. Like I had the 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 long, you know, like cord. cord. You were grounded. That's why the kids out here are crazy. They never <sighs> had corded right. phones. This, I mean, this. Yeah. Is, yeah, you were tethered. Yeah, you were tethered. Yeah, you were tethered, yeah. to, you were tethered to that conversation. Yes, most most certainly. But then when cell phones came out, you know, I was just like, you definitely have to call me after seven, okay? Because. This conversation oh, yeah. is not minutes. enough to be running up by oh minutes, my okay? God. I, I was like, I don't want to hear about the hot goss, okay? But I do, but call me at 701. <laughs> Thank you. It's cheaper then. Yes. It is. Uh, but so I, hospitality was always around me. My mom had always come down, hey, are you guys hungry? Can I get you something to eat? And she would eat, 
you know, she wanted, she just got off work. She wanted to relax and put her feet up, but she had guests in the house and she just wanted to take care of them. And it wasn't something that I was cognizant of this in any way, shape or form until reflecting on it after, you know, a couple decades in the industry that I guess I got that gene where if I see somebody who's uncomfortable in or out of the restaurant, like I want to, you know, if somebody's stumbling with a bag of groceries trying to get in their apartment, I'll be like, can I help you with that? You know, like. It's just the thing that... Oh, Dan, okay, I have a confession, okay? Because <laughs> I know that I'm going to be called out if I don't share this story. So I feel the exact same way as you. However, a couple years ago, I just want to preface this that I am a child. I am a grown-ass <laughs> child. And so anytime that someone, like, trips... um, I laugh. Yes. Because uh, I can't help it. And I, like, I feel bad, but I cannot. It's such a visceral reaction for me. I cannot stop it. And there, damn it. There was this woman um, that I saw from across the street. She had like her, I don't like the car. No, no. Um, <laughs> I was about to no. be like, how bad of a person no, are you? No, no, the, no. the portable shopping cart. Thank yeah. you. That. Um, and so. She was crossing the street and it like, you know, uh, Chicago is the city of potholes. So, I mean, you can kind of, uh, you can figure out what, what happened. And I just saw her like go down and I let out the biggest. Oh my God. Just like manic laugh that I could muster. And she looked across the street right at me and she was just like, she's just like, you're a fucking asshole. And I was like, I'm coming over to help you. She's like, stay away from me. <laughs> and I was like, I, I was like, I'm so, so I am with you with, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I want, I want to do that. And for the people that are listening, I will gladly help you with your groceries. Oh my if God. I fall while carrying your groceries, feel free to laugh in my face because that is, the karma that I fucking deserve. Yeah. I, I you know, humor is a good reaction though. Like, you yeah. know, and that kind of laugh, kinda following like- it up, you're, you're not, I don't think you're going to hell because you did not right. continue to laugh at her. Right. Uh, and you offered oh, your Justin. assistance. Right. You know, oh. <laughs> Sorry, we're, Sorry. Uh, we're yeah. playing a yeah, musical playing. drinks. Yeah, musical, musical drinks. And thank you. Actually, thank you so much, Ryan. Before we continue, uh, we want to give a absolute shout out to our friends over at Seedlip because this like cucumber ribbon situation is giving me life. And so it is made with Seedlip herbal and it has a cucumber basil shrub lime oil and topped with soda soda water so that's pleasant and refreshing it's so refreshing yeah this is this is how you quench a thirst the cucumber shrub yeah this is exactly how you quench a thirst thank Um, you for that yeah and also the fact that it's calorie free it's the best thing it's, because we keep the calories giving, in the kitchen over here. We keep me, the calories in the kitchen over here. You're giving me real housewife vibes right now. Great, because you brought it up earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, no, no. It's okay. Words. You're a fancy bitch, and this is a fancy bev. And cheers to that, mm-hmm. Dan. Back to you. Where did we? We're leave? wild. Exactly. Ones over here. What is a memory where of where we? we? Yeah. <laughs> now I okay. I will tell you the moment that I reflect on about restaurant management and how I had my life was impacted on it. 
my brother and I were Boy Scouts or Cub Scouts, and we took a field trip to Chicago. We grew up in the Burbs. Which Burb though? Buffalo Grove. Buffalo oh, I know Grove about her. North. I heard North. her. Always, yeah. always liked the change the name to Buffalo Groove, but there oh. is nothing funky about <laughs> Buffalo Grove. I was Grove. just like, it was like, like I would have the, it. Not I'm in like, the I 70s and 80s and 90s. If there was a groove in Buffalo Grove, but that's fine. But maybe there, there is, there was, or there can be in in people's basements. There might be. Love that answer. <laughs> there you go. Damn right. So I, uh, we took a field trip, and I, we were in a McDonald's getting some bite to eat, and going back to wherever we were going, a museum or something. And I ran to the bathroom, and when I came back, everybody was gone, and apparently they did a count, and I was missed, and that was all good. But, you know, I was I think it was in third or fourth grade at the time. So whatever that is, 10 years old. And I was afraid I was in downtown Chicago and I was abandoned and I was sitting there crying in the restaurant and I didn't know what to do. And this guy comes this guy comes up to me and goes, hey, are you okay?" And I was like, you know, I was just with a group of people and he left and he's like, here, come with me. And we go outside and we look down the sidewalk and everybody's gone. And he goes, it's just arresting me out. And this is again, <laughs> this is pre cell phone times, right? Yes, so it's yeah. not like he called the the leader and tell him to come back. So I call my mom's office, and you know your son is here. He's at a McDonald's. I'm the manager. He he's with me in the office right now. Um, you know the people were probably going to come back, and once they realize he's gone, so we're just going to keep him safe here. And then he took me for a tour of the restaurant. And was like, do you like McDonald's food? And I was like, yes. And he was like, can I get you something to eat? And I was like. Uh, I don't know, an apple pie? And he's like, let's learn how apple pies are made in McDonald's. Huh. So he took me back and like kept me entertained in the kitchen and was like, mm-hmm. this is the fryer. These are French fries. This is the soda machine. And I was kind of like, cool. Thanks, well, man. And yeah. then I stopped crying because of the ease that he put me at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you put a uh, sweet pastry in front of my face and I'm okay, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then they came back. Took me on my way. I never saw the guy again. Never got a chance to say thanks. So whoever you were, you know, thank you. You you instilled to me what a restaurant manager can do. Oh yeah. my god, I so that's like V cute, yeah. very hallmarky. Yeah, and I have to ask this question because I know inquiring minds would be really upset with me if I didn't ask. <sighs> Was the shake machine working? <laughs> Was it? You know what? I wish I had an answer for you because it probably wasn't. I was I was a Coca Cola kid, so mm. I was. You drinking never got out of like a fountain. chocolate shake from McDonald's. No. You know what? No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Bad memories of a friend's younger brother who got the green shake at or a shamrock shake, shake. the shamrock yeah. shake, and got sick from it and defecated. Oh, a different color, an oh. unnatural color. <laughs> no. no. Listen. No, no, Listen. no, no. We've all been <laughs> yes, there, yes, sort yes. of. You know what I'm talking I about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I no longer care if the shake machine was working. <laughs> so I I have um I've pressed I've pressed past that. But um So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 here we are. But I mean, I think hearing a story like that is a really beautiful thing because I mean hospitality is such there's so many touch points to it. I mean, you know, you are ha- you are hospitable. Um, you know, you want to take care of someone. You want to be able to share your your knowledge, your your culture with with people. And 
you know, it's also really difficult work. So to have a restaurant manager that was like, hey, young buck. Yeah. Let me uh, let me let me show you around. Well, That's it's also awesome. like telling of a different time where like hospitality right. was not just about like hitting all the points of like what a transaction right. should look like. Right. And I, that's, I want us to, like, get past that. I want us to get back to, like, a place where we value interactions with other people instead of, like, Genuinely. avoiding, like, customers, essentially. And they're, like, the people that we have taken jobs to, like, help support and create memories for these people. Man. And, like, he created a lasting memory for, for sure. you. Yeah. 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 I, you know, so that's... I wasn't cognizant of how that impacted my life until much, much later. Mm -hmm. And I definitely didn't say, you know, I want to pay it forward and I want to do that for somebody else in the future. Um, But I do feel like a sense of hospitality all the time. And it's something that uh, that grows stronger the longer I've been in this business. Mm -hmm. You know, I I look at restauranting as throwing a party every day. You just don't know who's on the guest list. You That's know? real. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You get it could but be somebody. It could but, be somebody you but know. Sometimes, sometimes I want to know who's over there. Sometimes. <laughs> well, who's yeah, all and, over and there. And you know yeah. what? Sometimes you do. Yeah. Like you, you yeah. know, you look at the reservation book and you're like, okay, this family's coming in. I know them. This guy's coming in. Yes. Oh no, this person's coming in. Right. I do like that. I like when you're at a place and there's regulars and you have like found a way to make this spot feel like close to home for them. Right. That's amazing. I love seeing the same names on reservations because then you know what they like, you know what they don't like. And it's easier for the front of house staff as well because they their expectations are set. It's great to see, too, how technology has influenced, influenced that, yeah. that and mm-hmm. made that better where we have, you don't have a, a handwritten note with chicken scratch in there about yeah. something. You know, you've right. got... You get it typed up and you get a little receipt every time somebody comes in for the reservation and the host hands it to the server and is like, this person likes X, Y, and Z, you know? They or, call that a chit. Yes. A chit. You know, the... And the next level yeah. of that is like the book of like faces of important people. Have you ever worked at oh, a place like, yeah, obviously you have. Yeah. You, you too, right? Yes. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing yeah. until I was like, at Green River RIP mm-hmm. and the hosts like had a test about it and I was yeah. like what <laughs> yeah I mean but it's I, also how I was able to identify Daddy Phil from the Tribune oh yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah that's, yeah that's what the, Daddy Phil yeah yeah um <laughs> <laughs> that took me by surprise but yeah the, it's the good to know when yes. Big Daddy P yes it's it's good <laughs> to know when somebody is reviewing your restaurant yeah you or, know, or potentially is reviewing your restaurant. Yeah, right. Well, and there was a there was a time back, you know, in my you know fine fine dining days, to where um, at a certain point I felt like it was a little bit invasive, but also I was just like, it's on the internet. It's also on the internet. You know, it's and it was a great tool to um, kind of assist in the like curation of their exactly of their experience and. Especially when you think of like that caliber of of culinary and artistry and service, you know, it's just like every little detail matters. Yeah. And it's just like it constantly, you know, kind of, you know, pushes the needle uh, to make sure that like your 
at the top of your shit at all times. But how far is too far, you know? That's until it's not real. Yeah. I, right. right? Yeah. They're not getting a, a, a an organic experience. They're yeah. getting something that is, you know what that person's like is, or you know what negative comment they had about a, a previous establishment mm-hmm. and, yeah. and how that those words affected it, you know? So right. for me, like, I don't, I almost wouldn't want to know because I would like them to get an authentic experience. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, when you get a VIP who's in the restaurant and they're, they get way too much attention. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's not. I also feel like that's just like thrown around a lot. Not everybody can be a VIP, okay? Everyone is a VIP. Well, yes, but also it's you're just not like, wrong about that. Yeah, but it's like it's, treating, that's like the yeah. thing. Yeah, it's, it's like treating yeah. people. It's just treat tre- treat people yeah, like you like treat them the same as everyone else. Like yeah. you know my my serving style um, has always been like super professional, but then also like if we can have a little bit of fun, it's just like then when let's you see have that crack, fun. yeah, you, you see that crack in, in the veneer, and the people yeah. are like they make a comment or they say something that's maybe a little racy or something and you're like oh is this a right. direction that they want to go yeah you know yeah. can i can we let our hair down and kind of be Building a little more real situation yeah. you, know? Yeah. you know it's just like i'm providing a service mm-hmm. and you know you're coming here for for this experience and i don't live here <laughs> you know like i have other interests um outside yep. of what what is on your plate and what is in your glass i, I just would like, like to know where you're from even though nobody asked me where the hell I'm from, but that's, that's fine. what I'm saying. It's fine. I just I like to like talk to people like they're my gay best friends. That's how I approach it. That's great. and if you have a problem with that, then you have a problem with yourself. That's how I believe yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm also like a very stubborn person, and I don't change who I am for anyone anymore. So that's fair. I think also like being from the chef perspective and having to deal with people who like come in. And they want to fight with me about, is this really the fish that you said it is on the menu? And I'm like, here is the purchase tag (laughs) from it. This is a picture of what it looked like when it came in. Like, I think now, like when I worked front of house this summer, I was like, I don't give a fuck. We're hanging out. I'm talking to people. We're making eye contact. It's great. (laughs) Just give it to me. Yeah, just like we're... We're actual, yeah. actual people. Yeah. And, and that's what we need to, like, get across to people is that we're not like AI. <laughs> and and <laughs> you, you know, know what? Right. If COVID has done anything positive, I've seen a lot of positive change in the restaurant industry because it has been pointed out that we are real people. Yeah. And we are real people that can be affected by this, right. whether it's. No, I'm not talking about getting sick from it because anybody could get sick anywhere from it. But it's it's the way that you treat people and you realize that a bully coming in from a state that doesn't wear masks, who's going to treat you ill, doesn't have a place in that establishment. And back in the day, you would say, you do everything. I'm so sorry. I I offended you by that. And Mm, in the case that I've come across now recently is. You can we can stand up for ourselves and exactly. for our, our team and say, right. sir, you're not welcome here if you're not right. going to abide by the rules. So well, and it's you great know. to be able to have like agency um, mm-hmm. like for your industry. Yeah. You know, the, uh, you know, old adage of, you know, the customer is always right. Don't get me started about about that. It's just like it's such a minimizing statement yeah. because it completely neglects that there is an additional party involved with that whole interaction. 
you know, and it becomes submissive. Yeah. It, for sure. You know, I, I grew up working in either corporate restaurants or like waiting tables and bartending at corporate restaurants or semi-corporate restaurants. And I remember working in Florida for these three guys that owned a liquor store. Where liquor, in Florida? Uh, Naples, Florida. Oh. oh, I've not been there. Naples, but Florida been there is once. nice and pleasant and very... <laughs> Uh, white. I and wish very you could see your face. Boring <laughs> and very. Uh, it was a good place to make a living. You know, the restauranting community. We knew what to do after hours yeah. to, to experience life that was not what Naples was curated for. Yeah. Anyhow, yeah. these je- these guys opened up a place called the Ridgeport Pub, R.I.P. And I remember being a server there and an older woman had sent back a strip steak and said that there's a lot of fat on it. And I brought it back to the kitchen and the owner was there and goes, Dan, I know you come from a corporate background. He's like, the customer is not always right. He goes, come with me. We walk out to this woman. He goes, ma'am, have you ever had a strip steak before? And she goes, oh my God. Of course, I've had hundreds of them. He goes, have you ever noticed that one whole side of the steak has a fat cap on the side of it? Yep. And she was like, well, there's more than usual. And he was like, are you asking me to take another $7 steak out of my fridge and put it on the grill and cook the exact same piece mm. of meat for you? Yeah. And he was like, I don't appreciate you. I don't appreciate you spending the money that I work hard for to get another steak that's going to be exactly the same. Yeah. He's like, you can have this one or you could have something else that yeah. you're going to pay for both. <sighs> And in my mind, I love that hero is playing. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Because yeah. is the customer always right? No, but should we make them feel that they're taken care of? Yes, yes. You know, right. if it's if it is, oh, you know what? It's our fault. We overcooked it. Mm-hmm. We will absolutely re- replace it. I am not a fan of somebody saying I don't like this. You know, if, if the description is, description is on the menu, it's hard for a restaurant owner, never been a restaurant owner, but I know it's got to be hard for the restaurant owner to to take on that responsibility that somebody says, oh, I've never had duck before. I'm going to order duck. And oh, the duck came out and I don't like duck. Yeah. Well, why should I? Why should the owner have to pay, pay for, for that? Exactly. Right. You know, and essentially compensate for your like or experimentation. Choices. Yeah. 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 That's why I like whenever I'm writing out stuff for a menu, I put the flavor profiles that are like going to be the strangest into it because I've personally never gone to a restaurant and like was like, oh, these are all the things they have on the menu. Let me make my own plate by Uh, being like, can I have a little bit of this, a little bit of that? And I would never send something back. I would rather die. (laughs) I always thought that it was a learning thing, right? When when I was a kid, it's like, if you, and and maybe this is, you know, my parents going, if you're going to order it, like I, you know, I've never had this. Can I, I want to order this. I'm interested in having whatever. They're like, that's what you're going to eat. Yeah. And, and straight up, it wasn't like a wasting issue, but it's like, it, you, it was your call. You order yeah. it. You you either have it or you don't have something else. That's how I felt. You know? Oh my god! That's how I felt. That's the first how time I, I had yeah. a southwestern egg roll. <laughs> Best decision of my fucking life. I had one for the yeah. first time last year when we went to Disney. Life changing. L- changed my life. Same. Ordered it for pickup at a Chili's in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. I, I am going to out myself right now. Okay. <laughs> I have had those, mm-hmm. but. 
usually the dipping sauce, if I recall, that that comes with like an avocado ranch, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I hate ranch dressing. I mean, I don't disagree <laughs> with that statement. I mean, I'm a blue cheese gal. 100%. No, can't do. <laughs> yes. Can't, no, like, I, so I can have blue cheese on like a charcuterie board, um, you know, just, you know, sound fancy as hell over here. Listen. But it's just like blue cheese dressing. Keep it away from I've me. I've always oh, loved it. Hot wings with blue cheese. Yeah, that's no, what I'm fucking no, saying. No, yes. no, no, can't, can't do it. I, I cannot think of blue cheese without thinking of the most problematic salad on the face of the planet. Which one? And that's a fucking Cobb salad. Uh, I hate a Cobb salad. I love I, a Cobb salad. I, Give me that shit. It's trash can food. <laughs> it's literally everything in there. I just, I uh, I cannot do it. Oh, for me, I'm like it's racking my mind to see. Have you the ever same ordered as a, a salad quiche, when we go okay? somewhere? No. Okay, that's what I thought. I was like, no. we've definitely been I out eating. I'm like, did you salad. eat a salad? Can we get somebody to go get us Cobb salads? <laughs> you know, I'll Let's see. I'll, I'll see if Daniel's free. I know he's running around like doing all of these I almost got one when I, I went to Portillo's the other day. <laughs> exactly. Almost got one at Portillo's. Well, my, my brother has been, it's he was here all of last week. Me. Can't do either one. That's fair. Quiche is disgusting to me. Um, my brother was can't in town it. all of last week and he made me do Chicago shit like... 100% of the time and he read about the cake shake on their website and at this point he had been oh here God, for like five days. I thought you were going to say like the chocolate shake from um, Reno Circle and I was like you went there with your b- okay listen listen I thought about it but I'm not that cruel okay um, <laughs> it's fine but I Dan you know the chocolate shake from Reno Circle yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. for those of here. you that do not know um, feel free to visit the Wiener Circle and uh, treat yourself and I'll just leave it at that. Oh, my God. I love the Wiener Circle. I follow them on Instagram. And I was here for Brickgate, which was happening, like, all of last week or the week before. Mm-hmm. Someone just snapped and threw a brick through their window. <laughs> and the Wiener sleuths found the, like, getaway car and then, like, trace it to this, like, lady. And then, so they're trying Internet to figure out. Internet sleuths are wildly impressive. Yo, don't fuck with cats showed me the yeah, power that, of yeah, internet that, sleuths. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, shit. No, that's, that's cool. Um, yeah. Let's go back to the, the <laughs> course. I feel like, I feel like for regular people listening to this, they're like, these bitches cannot stay on topic. But I feel like restaurant like people live in that mindset because yeah. you're having constant conversations with everyone all the time. Yeah. And they just all sort of like become one <laughs> For At some sure. point. I mean, I think I think the restaurant industry, for those of us, you know, we work in a very short term, high pressure kind of situation mm-hmm. that could very easily change yeah. from second to second, you know, right. and, you know, it I, does change from second to second. Yes, it yeah. does. Yeah. And, and I loved bartending and sitting in a bar and I had 20 different people sitting around me and I had 20 different five second conversations, you know, and uh, it keeps you entertained. But it's also it makes the day go by faster, yeah. you know, and but it's, it can but it's, also it's, be like it, mentally taxing as well. Oh, 100%. The restaurant industry is not for everybody. No, no, not, n- not at all. If you, uh, if you have like anxiety, it should, yeah. it's yeah. not. Yeah. I was, thinking, I was thinking back to when, um, I was bartending at an extremely popular and well-known brewery here in Chicago. Oh my God. And Friday day shifts, were the jam and 
for you know the crew from back then that may be listening um I just think of like you know being being there in that environment part time for for five years like those regulars like became family but also it's just like damn Justin how did you like juggle all of these like different ass conversations but it made sense because mm-hmm. it really it was like this amalgamation of like everyone finding different you know like different cultural touch points with everyone yeah they would come in with like one other person or they would come in by themselves and. You know, I'd be like the main person that like tied them all together. Just eventually it just became like this whole family. Yep. Um, you know, sitting sitting at that bar. And sometimes I would just walk into the cooler and I'm just like, I just need to exhale because uh whew, been running off at the mouth for like six hours right now. Would you say every time before you went into the cooler you were just waiting to exhale? Okay, you know what? That is fucking hysterical and uh thank you so much for for saying that um god damn it god damn it um, oh my god oh my god wait before we continue what was the fucking um instagram reel that i sent you it was so dumb what was it though i forget no I'm going to remember this. Okay. It was a dude and he's sitting on some stairs and he's making a... Nope, I can't. No, it's, there were no stairs involved. <sighs> no. He was sitting on stairs. Was he? Continue your conversation. No problem. Dan, hi. Hi. Uh, so... <laughs> uh, Send it to me, will you? <laughs> yeah, she, oh, I mean, I'm just gonna... Yeah, all I need to do is look at it. Yeah, she's... <gasps> oh! Okay. Okay. <laughs> So two fans oh my God. are hanging out oh. in a field and one fan says to the other, <laughs> what kind of music are you into? And the other <laughs> fan said, I don't really listen to music, but I'm a huge metal fan. <laughs> Stupid. 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 But we'll give we'll give That's my snaps. favorite. I, I love stupid jokes. I love I Do love you want to hear I'm, another one? Yes. T- all day. <laughs> okay. Well, um our listeners have heard this before, but I don't give God. a shit. Um but I do appreciate everyone that's listening. Um what did the Buffalo say to his son when he was leaving? What'd he say? Bison. Nope. It, a groaner, a groaner goes a long way with me. I'm just like, you know what? It's uh, it. Do I have to say? Do I have to tell one now too? Yeah, no, yes, absolutely. I, this is a round table. I, I'll tell you my favorite one, and it's stupid, and I love it. So a guy walks into a bar with a steering wheel in the front of his pants, and the bartender goes, "Hey, buddy, what's the deal with the steering wheel?" And he goes, "Arg, it's driving me nuts." Oh, oh, oh my god. Okay, all right. Well then. I raise you one more before we get back to <laughs> get in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What kind of pants does Super Mario wear? Do tell. Denim, denim, denim. That's good. Thank you so much. You know what? Laura Green is going to appreciate that joke. I'm pretty sure I've said that joke to her. Probably 110. percent Yeah. Yes. One of our connections. Yes. Yes. So shout out to Laura Louis Green of Healthy Poor. Yes. Um. Well. <sighs> I was just like, we're going to make you the commander of transitions here because let's talk about how you know Laura. So I... Because that was a a while ago, It was, it was. And uh, have not physically seen Laura in a while, but... Same. Thanks to 
Instagram and Facebook and what have you. Social media does allow us the opportunity to, you know, keep in touch with each other and know what's mm-hmm. going on in people's world. And sometimes Absolutely. you reach out, sometimes you don't, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Laura was a server for me when I worked at a British pub concept that was in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I believe it's still there. Do right? we do we name I don't know, do we drop names? Do we depends not drop on your names? Com- it depends on how you feel. Yeah. I have no problem saying Elephant and Castle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bang on. Okay. Was their tagline and I still think to this day it's pretty hilarious that we had that on yeah, every like, we literally had like, that on every on. piece like, of like material was bang on and it's okay I just realized that um, the Pequod's whale has a thong on his like face that's like what that thing is on it and it's like a whale tail joke huh and I just got it last week because I took I my brother for deep got dish it now yeah and we were just like sitting there and I was like, that's amazing. Oh, okay. Well, it just be like that sometimes. All yeah. the more reason for me to finally go to Pequod's. Yeah. You've never been to Pequod's? I know, right? It's so, Listen, there are so many big boxes, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been in Chicago for the better part of 30 some years mm-hmm. and Pequod's has always been a place I'm like let's go there and then I'm like uh, I don't really like that neighborhood like Lincoln yeah, Park to me was always a place that I steered away from that's mm-hmm. true mm-hmm. yeah for various reasons mm-hmm. uh, I, I think we'll there's I think there's another location in the suburbs yes as well. really yeah. yes there is um, one of the groves yeah it's somewhere or it's, grooves oh, could be look at you Dan look at see See, this is the level of comfortability I'm searching for. <laughs> this is great. Well, and so, like, the one thing that I will mention about Pequod's, um, outside of the fact that it's absolutely delicious, yeah, there have been times to where I'm just like, God damn it, like, I would love, like, like a fucking thin crust pizza from, uh, from, que- from Quipods, uh, Pequod's, mm-hmm. and I'll, like, call them or, like, you know, go online and order direct. Yeah. Let's make that very clear. Mm-hmm. And it'll be like, oh, yeah, um, that should, you know, get to you at like 630. And I'm just like, ma'am, it's two in the afternoon. Yeah. I'm like, if I wait that long, I will simply be called home. You'll perish. Yeah, yeah. I will perish. And I'm like, well, we'll try next time. And like no, every it time. Is, you and I love that they're that busy. I love that they're that busy. So It takes like an hour if you get the deep dish, like 45 minutes to an hour. Um, but what I like about it is that they put so much cheese in it that when it starts melting, like literally half of the crust on the outside is caramelized cheese, which is like my favorite part of it. Okay. That's it. That was my selling point. When cheese gets crunchy. Yes. It's all good. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, I actually eat the crust there because sometimes I'm like. Are you not a pizza crust eater? I'm a thin crust pizza bitch. Like, <laughs> so forever. do you go down and you get, if there's sauce on there, you're going to eat it, I will but then eat you're going to leave the, the dry crumb If there's the a side? dipping situation, oh, I will I'm not, eat it. I, but I, I'm can't, not, I can't eat dry crust. Mm-mm. No, there's got to be sauce on it. Uh, you know what? Take a bite of the center. If you're doing pie cut, I'm a pie cut person. I'm mm-hmm. not the, the tavern cut. Yeah. So you take a bite of the inside where all the cheese and the sauce is and then turn and get a bite off the crust. So you're mixing the two together. I've literally watched people huh. eat them like reverse for that. They start at the crust and they go in 
And I'm like, that seems like sociopathic tendencies to that me. That stresses me out. But you run out if of a I'm handle, like, when I'm in no New York, right. I fold the slice in half so that it drips all the oil and stuff drips on so then I can eat the crust because it actually has like a little bit of something. Huh. You should be proud of me because I was going to say lube. People who have a, a, a physical reaction to what should be a very average word, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you're talking about chocolate cake, right? It's moist. What is the word? Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. See, it's moist. Moist, moist doesn't Why bother Why does that me. bother people? I don't know. Yeah, moist doesn't I bother I don't think me. I have a word that bothers me. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I was thinking about it. Mm-mm. All right. I just. We'll find one. I mean, go for it. Okay. I don't fuck with black eyed peas. That's like the only thing that like gives me a like a like, physical response. Like the food. Like the food. Or the band? I mean, <laughs> I was like, which one? <laughs> the band. Yeah, which one? Also, I mean, um, have you never heard that? Uh, you know, one always wash your black eyed peas, but you eat black eyed peas on New Year's. I know. I'm from a Caribbean yeah, island. I was like, I don't do it. I don't like the texture of it. I don't like the smell of it. I don't like the taste of it. Hot sauce. It's doesn't. No, it doesn't work. It coats my mouth in a way that I don't like. I hate it. And I am in a full relationship with a Southern man and he doesn't understand it. So he can make that shit on his own. I ain't (laughs) never learning how to do that. (laughs) You're like, that just simply ain't happening. I draw the line. So you got to have your standards. Yeah. And that's it. So, we have talked about quite a few things already. Um, I want I want to shift into really continuing to to talk deeper about not only your career within hospitality um, on on the management side, but just your kind of philosophy within within the industry. Because one of our you know preliminary conversations was this acknowledgement of, you know, a certain position, a certain, um, you know, longevity within the industry and how just calling it as it is being a white man of position, positioning in this industry, building bridges and opportunities for those that may not be able to access them. And I think that it's, it's really important for for people to understand like what like real like allyship looks yeah. like and you know making sure that um people that surround them and people that are tasked with guiding them really do meet them where they are and kind of help foster their interest with within all aspects of the hospitality space and I know I just hit you with a, a big whopper of a question. No, uh, you. you uh, when we first talked, we had a really, a real, real conversation about race and its place in the restaurant industry and, and the state of it. And we'll start by saying that I've been in the restaurant business as a busser, as a dishwasher, as a cook, as a kid who was learning to speak Spanish in high school and was cooking during the summer. And I got a chance to 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 you know learn how to speak spanish because of because of the immersion of being on a line with four other guys and nobody was speaking english Mm -hmm. um and then moved to front of the house and was a server and became a bartender and got became a manager and etc etc and and 
first of all, we're all in it together. You know, mm-hmm, we're right. we're there to make sure that the person who comes in and is spending money that is inevitably paying our paycheck right. has a good time. So there is no place for petty bullshit, which is somebody going, I don't like you because of your skin color or your hair color or you're pierced or you're not pierced or you're tattooed or you're not tattooed. You know, yeah. I I'm an older person who's been in the restaurant industry a long time and I've seen a lot of changes. And I remember the very first time I saw a restaurant that had a server that looked like me outside of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, time mm-hmm. was the restaurant that was on Grand and Halstead. And I remember going there and it was the first time where the server's uniform was just a black t-shirt. And I was like, all right, that's cool. And yeah. the, the guy who came up to take my order had his earrings in and this was in the 90s mm-hmm. and everybody had their earrings in but you god forbid you go to the restaurant with your earrings in and like i was a server and i was told hey you got to take it out you got to yeah. take it out if yeah. you had tattoos tattoos had to be covered, covered up. up and here was yeah. a guy who had you know a tattoo on his arm and a couple piercings and he was at work and i was like wow that's right that's enlightening like why should that matter 110 and, and i'm just take that same idea for everything else like if you're left-handed i'm going to make accommodations to help you being left-handed you know like if you're if you're black if you're white if you're asian if you have an accent if you don't have an accent like we're all just trying to make a living and like yep. we've chose to do it in a hospitality field because either it was easy for us to fall into i didn't need to get an education specifically you know go to college to become a server and spend money to do that or because i just like it yeah you know mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's separating yourself for isms in the industry is not good. It's not good for your career and it's not, not good for the people that are around you, you know, and you, and you, do, you never know who's around you until you exactly. get to know your staff. Yep. Right. You right. gotta, you gotta talk to your people because, and they gotta be able to feel comfortable to talk to you right? because you never know who's, who's the next, you know, amazing chef who, exactly. who is in the kitchen or, amazing server or amazing manager or or whatever you know you just have to treat everybody as an equal and not be afraid to get your get your hands dirty yep and you know i i don't care if i'm working in a restaurant and i'm wearing a suit and a tie if a table needs to get bust because somebody's waiting for that table like i'm gonna bust the table you damn right Absolutely. and if the food's getting backed up in the kitchen and somebody needs to run the food out yeah i got arms you know yeah Let's do it. And and I think I would like to think that that's helped me in my career is, you know, just treating people with the same. And and I. <laughs> yeah. I, it I, seems like such a basic concept when you yeah. hear someone talk about it, but it's so rare to see it in action in places that I've worked. And I'm glad that, like, there are some people who have sort of, like, operated with that sense of agency for such a long time because I feel like it's difficult to find places that want to see growth and change of their employees and it's not just like come in do what you gotta do like I don't want to hear any bullshit go home I I wouldn't have gotten to become a manager I wasn't even thinking that I was a manager until a guy who I worked with was like you should be a manager and I was like really why and talked me about it and I enjoy it. Like I, yeah. I, I, I do, I do enjoy being a manager and kind of 
controlling, not controlling things, but, you know, orchestrating things. Right. And so I'm so say it it just like it's it's true. It's truly, truly baffling to me what can be accomplished when you have intentionality Mm -hmm. behind it and you approach things with an openness uh, as opposed to, you know, the. The industry in general will always tell you that it's just like, you know, it's equal opportunity. It's, you know, X, X, Y, and Z. But there is a structural design component of the hospitality industry to where it is traditionally mm-hmm. um, and very visibly at, you know, countless concepts to where a white it man's is. World. Yes. And it is uh, white bodies. Um, in the front of house and black and brown bodies in, in the back of house. And it's like, it's pay attention anywhere. Yeah. You know, that, that you go and one has to ask how and why does that happen? Exactly. And part of that has to do with the fact that the industry is open. You know, it's just like, it allows so many different people from different walks of life to enter it. However, there never seems to be the trajectory. Mm-hmm. To make it sustainable, whether it's, you know, wage inequity, whether it's just, you know, sharing of, of resources and, and things like that. One thing that we have talked about um, quite recently, just actually in the last episode, is that of gatekeeping. As Nariba said earlier, you know, like this white man's world, it's like, again, building these bridges for accessibility for the minorities that are such a presence and a force within the industry yeah. and not having it inflate another business model specifically that they simply can't access. I think it also has a lot to do with like culture right. as well because um, even if we go back to the episode of like when we talked with Ryan I We love Ryan Pfeiffer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I had a lot of issues I've always had like a lot of family issues and I didn't know how to separate myself and now after years of therapy I have like boundaries and I feel like my boundaries weren't set up to like drop what's going on at home and go into work and be fine and I think that what people don't understand is that like trauma and how people experience it varies from like culture to culture and I think that a lot of the way that rules have been set up um, when it comes to like human resources in particular it's based on people who like live in an ideal world where life doesn't impact their ability to show up and be a person for work and Like, honestly, I would say the same as I said before, like I was a hot mess. Like, I don't blame anyone for being frustrated with me and my ability to show up. But we talked about that and he was even saying that, like, it's not something that I ever had to think about. And some of the situations that I was going through sounded so unrealistic Mm -hmm. that like they're like, this has to be made up. And it's like, no, it's. It's mental health issues. It's poverty issues. And it's like a lot of my white counterparts never had to like have an issue. They could show up an hour early for their shift and work for free 
crazy. Um, yeah. And I was just like, this is a job. I love it, but it's a job. And my whole family is like the person that's they're the people that are going to be there for me at the end of the day, right. like in reality. So I think that's a lot of nuance as well going into and the terminology of just family in general within, exactly within the context of Ugh, the industry yeah. it's just that's a that's a she highly thick. problematic uh statement and it's a it's a slippery slope you know like the the intention of you know is family it's just like it's very ingrained it's very soulful it's mm-hmm. you know it's i mean it's there's a legacy aspect to it as well and so yeah. it's like just referring to that of family um for the people that you work with it just like it just hits on different different levels right because um just looking at it culturally uh black and brown people um you know sometimes are coming from like broken homes mm-hmm. and you know th- things like that so when you say that you instill something like deep within like their their psyche to where it's just like you know it's like i finally have like someone that's like looking out for me but they also might you know coach me out over like you know some some bullshit but it's fine your rutabaga isn't diced perfectly i'm throwing it all out and you have to start over again right and it's just like you know yeah it's like we chef yes chef it's like it's all it's all of those things but it's it's really necessary for for people to to know that they should be able to lean on their their leadership and their colleagues to figure out ways to find their own happiness within within the industry and it's not connected to like you know you'll live here for like you know 70 hours a week yeah and you know there is no work work life balance and you know even at that 70 hours a week you're still like fuck like how am I gonna pay my things you mm-hmm. know it's just mm-hmm. like 70 hours a week becomes the new 40 hour work week because you're simply just like working your ass off to try and fucking survive and we're out here simping for like a 40 hour work week and fucking right. Belgium was like mm, how about we break down these work days to just four what <laughs> what yeah I want that <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny like I've not really delved outside of the restaurant industry so the notion of working 40 hours i'm like what would i do with the rest of my time exactly you know exactly that's what i've learned (laughs) to deal with in the last two years and and again you know it takes a certain person to be in the restaurant industry and it takes a certain mentality and and for you to survive you kind of you can't buy into that ethos Listen, would my wife appreciate me being at home more? Yeah, she probably would mm-hmm. if I was working less hours. But I don't know. It's 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 who I am. And I, I don't really count the hours. Mm-hmm. I, definitely there are days, you know, where. For sure, absolutely. But you can be there for 14 hours and it's 14 hours of greatness. And you can be there for eight hours and it's eight hours of hell. Yes. Right. So it, it really depends. And I, you know, becoming a manager I've always hired. I don't look at your resume and say, where have you worked? Tell me how you changed somebody's experience. Mm-hmm. You know, like the tradition. I don't look at it that way. I look at it as there's going to be a point where you're going to come back to the kitchen and you're going to say table 23 is pissed because there wasn't supposed to be blue cheese on this cob salad. <laughs> well, uh, because, you and know, they, like and, my and got out of ordered a fucking cob salad, <laughs> you know, oops. So 
you're going to come back to me and you're going to be stressed out because they're stressing you out. And we, I hire people because I'm going to go, there might be a time where I'm going to raise my voice because I'm going to need something. Or there's going to be a time where you're going to come back and you're going to need something. And it's not personal. Yeah. So let's just get past it. And we just don't have to learn to be, to enjoy each other's presence. Yeah. So I've always hired somebody for personality Mm -hmm. and for, I guess what I would anticipate would be how they deal under In a stressful pressure, yeah. situation. Well, and then also that's such a, God damn it, Dan, because that's such a hospitable like approach, you know, and I have been quite vocal um, with my belief that the hospitality industry um, is the most inhospitable industry on the planet. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's literally just, it can behind definitely curtain, wear you down. Yeah, like behind behind the curtain is just an entirely different reality. And it can be. Yeah. It, it also can't be. Uh, it, right. Like wanting to learn more and being interested in all sorts of things. I'll put on a documentary about something that I don't think I have any interest on and I learn something great about it because somebody opens up and talks about a subject that I'm not super comfortable with or, or knowledgeable about mm-hmm. but it, it'll it that's the kind of thing that i think we in the restaurant industry maybe fall into like you were talking about you were watching something and you're watching something else you know like we don't know when we're going to take that and bring it into work exactly but it always right. seems that that happens mm-hmm. you yeah. know what and i mean it's a and good way to like establish like communication with other people because then you're teaching something to someone that might not have ever had that thought to be like, oh, I'm going to watch this thing. And then you're sharing ideas in the same way that you're sharing your knowledge about food, which is equally important to sustaining like healthy work relationships, which I feel like we don't try to think about because we've been set up for capitalism. Well, and so that's, I mean, there's, you know, another element to that as well to where it's like, leave it at the door. Yeah. It's like part of your reality ends because you're entering work. You're, yeah, you're you're entering your place of employment. One thing that I learned and recently, I guess, more than anything else is who you work for goes a long way mm-hmm. with with your happiness at work and wanting working in a place where you appreciate the people that appreciate you. Right means a lot and also working for somebody who idealistically you gel with is important as well because there's nothing worse than working for that asshole who is a womanizer or is says shit behind everybody else's backs Mm -hmm. i think i told you a story before yeah of i came to a realization that the people that i was working for you haven't heard this story Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that the people that I was working for were not, were not cool. Right. Yeah. And I had heard people say, Oh, they don't hire people of color. And I was like, well, I don't buy into that. So until that comes to me, it's hearsay. Right. Yeah. So okay. I hire somebody of color and nothing ever got said to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, maybe this is gossip. Maybe it's not gossip, et cetera, et cetera. There was a manager meeting and the guy who was high up in the company was talking about stuff and he he was saying one of the stores was dealing with theft in the employee room and he used a 
negative word and said those people will take anything that's not stapled down. Uh-huh. And I looked around yeah. the room and everybody else was just kind of taking this and I was like, the what? Fuck? Right. And I we finished our meeting. I got in my car. I drove to work. I immediately called my boss who was below this guy mm-hmm. and said, hey, I'm giving you my notice. Yeah. I'm, I'm quitting effective, you know, as soon as this is possible. And she yeah. was like, why? What happened? I told her and she was like, yeah, yeah, that's that's how it is. She's like, I'm, I'm going to tell no, everybody. that's not how it is. So like, what, then, yeah, what, what yeah. she means is. Yeah. Like that's the company's situation. That's, that's yeah. the company. Yeah, the sure. company is yeah. a bunch of older white dudes who when they're around other white dudes think that everybody is on that same page yeah. and not everybody is on that same page. And I, <sighs> I know about that. And yeah. I was like, I could either be part of the problem and allow that to happen. Or I could put my foot down and say something about it. So I said, I'm quitting. And she said, why? And I said, because I work for a bunch of people who are racist and I'm mm-hmm. not going to, I don't want to associate myself with that kind of thing. Yeah. And the guy, she called him. He came down to the restaurant and was like, I brought my my checkbook. What do I need to do to keep you here? Because you're doing great and we've got great ideas for you. Mm-hmm. And I said, nothing. Yeah. Like, you can't keep me here. And I said, you know, I'd, I'd worked for them for four or five months. And I said, you know, up until this point, I didn't didn't hear or see anything. Yeah. Uh, but like, like no offense to you or maybe offense to you. I don't know. I don't know you you well enough, but but you're racist. You are racist. And I said it to the guy and he's like, well, how do you mean? He's like, I don't think that's true. And I said, this is what you just said a couple hours ago. Literally just today. And how how do racists feel as if like they're not racist? It's meta. It's like some Jedi mind trick stuff. And it has a lot to do with like, um, generational, like I can see that. What is the what is it when you pass something down through verbal history? Does anyone remember that term? I can't remember. Uh, Sorry. Anyway, it's like oh, like oral history. Yes, oral and it's history. like you're yeah, yeah. yes. You don't even realize that some of the things that you are being exposed to. And then when someone confronts like your grandparents about something that they said that might be racist, they're like, no, everyone's just so sensitive. And then it turns into like it's based out of emotion and they can separate the logic from the emotion. And what becomes logic is like what is indoctrinated through like generations of these conversations happening. And and And, and this guy around Everyone else, and when I originally was working with him, he was very hospitable, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But as soon as I said that, he, that came out and I called him out on it and he was like, well, that's not racist. It's just true. And I was like, that's wow. even more racist. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. Like- and I, and I was like, I, I'm like, I don't want to be associated with you. I'm like, I appreciate the paycheck that I'm getting from you. And I appreciate the fact that you came here and you want to throw more money at me, but more money at me is not going to make me happier. Right. And it's not going to, it's not going to change who, you know, you're only. And, as and also good. it's very telling as to how, you know, to make problems go away. Right. Exactly. Like, I mean, we're only yeah. as good as our reputation is. And my reputation, Agreed. I didn't want my reputation to be with. He's the guy that works for that company. That's really racist. Especially since like you tried to go in there with an open mind about what other people were saying about them. And then you saw it and you're like, well, this is a decision that I have to make like because you know that there are people who like sort of warned you about it and you're like this is a bigger situation 
Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I, I, just like, I think it's interesting how like the backroom conversations of certain leadership within the industry is some of the most disgusting there is um, because you don't necessarily always have to hear what they're saying. Um, you know what they're saying based off of the merits of their actions. Mm -hmm. And it brings me back to my earlier point about this like cultural design within the industry to where it's black and brown bodies in, in the back in, in the back. And, you know, it's, V white up front. I've been really vocal about my experience within the industry, which as a uh, queer person of color, it's, it's not common. Um, you know, I've never worked a, um, support position. I have, you know, I've served, I've bartended, I've consulted on like, you know, multiple projects. I, you know, have, you know, interacted with different brands and like so on and so forth. And you kind of have to ask the question as to like, why is that? Girl, we talked about this. Exactly. We know what it is. But it's, it's just the perception like, of your closeness to whiteness. Right. You're very well spoken and educated and like it's I that's how I've managed to make it that far and not only that but you you're like hungry and you want to learn and you want to be there and I think that those things come together in a way that doesn't signify privilege which is a mm. lot of like what most people in the industry are giving they're right. giving that they have the privilege to be there and you like earned that right. and you oh, had to you. work for that shit you yeah. know plus you're that guy Okay, so yeah, well, you know, yeah, uh, that that guy. Thank you, uh, the uh, industry guys, supposedly yeah. as uh, you know, people have been referring to out here. Yeah, that guy, um, industry guy. And so, before we, you know, kind of go into uh, another question or two, I just want to liven this up a little bit mm -hmm. because this little who is she? What's in her? This, Tell me more. This is. Giving me island vibes. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I almost said island boy, but I'm not going to do it. 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 But so, again, from our friends at Seedlip, uh, this delicious concoction um, is with Seedlip citrus, key lime juice, cocoa lopez, and some muddled blueberry. This is, it's giving me like, I know I said a shake earlier. It's giving me that. Mm -hmm. It's got well, the like, body no, of a shake, yeah. It's got the body. It, see, she got all these curves and I ain't got no breaks. You know? Because that's how I feel. There it is. And if everyone could see Nareepa's face right now, it is choice. So, you know, yes. usually I don't fuck like coconut, like coconutty things, but. No, it's great. I fucked with this. So, Dan, I think it's, you know, we've touched upon this, but I think it's really important to just come out and ask you. It's been a, you know, wild couple of years, but like, how are you doing? Yeah. You know? Thank you. Um, yeah. I, I count myself blessed. I'm not a religious person, so maybe blessed isn't the best word, but it gives off the right connotation mm -hmm. that I, I acknowledge the positive things that I have in my life. And one of those is that even though people around me, people very close to me, uh, suffer with mental health issues, like I've skirted by the things and I don't I have not suffered nearly as bad as I think a lot of other people have a lot of people who were they got their outlet from their friendship mm -hmm. or from going to work or from getting out of the house and and 
going for a walk someplace, right? And then we all shut the world down around us. And there were a lot of people who didn't have roommates and they lived on their own and they were Mm -hmm. independent and that independence became a sell. Um, And it was, it was, it was hard for people, you know? And I, uh, I had seven months off where I was at home and it was the best seven months of my life. Like I was surrounded by my family and my kids and my dog. And I, looking back, wish I would have done more with our time, but Mm -hmm. you know, we were stuck in the house and, and it was spent a lot of time playing board games and like watching movies together and playing video games with my kids and just it, like I had a great time with it. Yeah. You know, my kids missed their friends and it was harder for them. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I'm, I'm good. I like, I'm, I enjoyed it. I, you know, if it happens again, I'm going to take look for the silver lining and just try to enjoy it, you know, it, which is hard to do if you're yeah. if you're suffering. I was not suffering and I and and I found that silver lining and enjoyed it. So how are you doing? How are you guys doing? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, has anyone asked us how we're doing? I think this might be a first. This is the first. Well, well I'm doing a, a lot a better now. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Um Nothing against any anyone else. I was just like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, that just hits different. That felt great. Thank you. But I'm I'm well. I think um, you know, I've made numerous jokes about how, you know, just like put me back under quarantine, okay? I'm like, you know, give me the Tiger King part of, of quarantine. Give <laughs> me the what is time part yeah. of quarantine. Um, because I was extremely extremely impressed and inspired about how the industry truly rallied for Mm -hmm. one Mm -hmm. another when i felt like the landscape before was very you know it was very secular you know it's just like it's just like we're doing our thing over here you're doing your thing over there it's just like of course like you know there's camaraderie because we're all dealing with the same like shit just within different spaces yeah um but now it's like i mean it's it felt like it was less of like your livelihood, but like your really like you know the the loss of you know your your culture was was at stake. You know, yep. it's just like hospitality is such an integral part of community, and it's like to not be able to like interact within that realm. Um, you know, that was really like just taxing. Yeah, it was well, really, and, it was and really then, taxing. And then getting back into it, you got like. I came back to work and I did not come back into the healthiest of environments because Mm -hmm. we were super short staffed. And I think that's where it exposed a lot of the unright things that are in the restaurant industry. Mm -hmm. And I think the best thing that's come out of this too, is the fact that the hourly worker puts their foot down and goes, you damn right. You Absolutely. pay me more money, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. you know, minimum yeah. wages, $15. So I'm going to pay you $15. And they're like, no, no, no. You're, you're like, I, I want to do this job for you and I want to get X amount of dollars. And right. as the, as the, I'm sure the owners of the restaurant were not super excited about the fact that they see their labor percentage going up. If mm-hmm. I can get nerdy and numbers on you, you know, you're like, Hey, that's money that's coming right out of my pocket. But yeah. for me, I like to root for the underdog. You know, I yep. like I like to look at, look at that and go, these are the people that I've worked with my entire life. And to see them not have to get minimum wage, but to be able to have an asking rate for mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. And and that spilled through everything. I've management salaries have gone up and 
the only, you know, unfortunately, the people that are working for tips, that hasn't really gone up very much. Yeah. Right. But I have seen, and maybe it's the places that I've worked at, that I've been, the people that I've been working with at restaurants are fortunate enough, but there is a clientele that's out there that is appreciative of people going back to work and exactly. putting themselves out there. Yeah. And I have seen... Um, on a net that gratuities have gone up percentage wise. So, you know, I, I, I'm hoping that that is real and it's not just me taking a look at a P and L and seeing it once in a while, but you know, it seems like they're, again, it's not perfect. No, it's not a livable wage, but it's better than it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's also like that, you know, that saying is just like get a job it's just like well it's just like how many jobs you want people to have out here exactly okay like that's the thing i think most recently i'm i've been like learning about what i want really and like how i want to spend my time and my energy and stuff and i think that the pandemic for me was really rough in the beginning because like i wasn't used to having more than like three days off in a row like once every like six months and it was so much downtime that I felt insane and then I felt also burnt out after like working for eight years straight with like no real like breaks or vacations in between so I was like oh like I'm gonna take this time and then I worked for a CBD company and that's when I realized that I can work 40 hours a week and make a livable wage and have benefits and have paid time off without it being like a salary position or like losing my entire mind. And I think that going back into the food industry now, I'm unwilling to like work at most places. If I'm going to work somewhere, I want to like know someone who has had experience there, what their experience of the situation Mm. is and like not taking their experience for granted or lightly before making door theory. Yeah. Yeah. And, but here's the thing. Like I, I feel like we're at a place where because the demand is there mm -hmm. for people to bring people in Mm -hmm. that you can go in there and say, I don't work Saturdays. Like like if you want to hire me, good my one thing is i don't want to work saturdays mm. and right. you know I'm that was a I'm deal allergic. that used to be a deal break before. you're yeah. like you're yeah. coming in you're going to work saturday and sunday brunch that's where you're going to start off nobody yeah. wants to work brunch you're going to do it and you're like well shit you know i need somebody on saturdays also but i do need somebody the other six days of the week so yeah. something is better than nothing and i'm willing to figure it out yeah you know and i've seen a lot of workers kind of come together and and put their foot down and ask for what they want mm-hmm. and it's not always doable but it, it really depends on the situation if if it's you like happen if you to walk into the right restaurant at the right time and you put oh dang you yeah. you, you, you you ask for something it might in the old days in the old days being 2019, right? <laughs> the before times. The before, before times. times. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, that was absolute no. And now it's like, it, I got to think about it. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Yeah. It's real. I do. I, I, I'm, I am seeing the change slowly happen in the industry and like the culture sort I hope of it like. Sticks. I hope it sticks. That's what I'm saying. Like, mm. is it going to be a Teflon situation or. Is it going to actually move forward? And I'm hoping it's the latter because 
I've had some of like my greatest experiences in life from working in kitchens. And I think that like a lot of people feel like it's not something that they could do. Um, I feel like the industry in itself sort of gatekeeps <laughs> like mm-hmm. people from coming into it. But I think that I'm hoping that there's a real like cultural shift across the entire like board because it can't just be like in the nooks of like fine or finer or casual dining. It has to be like fast food. It has to be everywhere. So, you know, it's been like I've had I went through a drive through restaurant, took my kids someplace. I don't want to support Chick-fil-A, but my my kid likes Chick-fil-A and has a lot of friends that, you know, for me, I, I hear I have not done the deep dive research, but mm-hmm. there are some negative things that I've heard that they support. And for me, like I could live my you life not eating to, one not of those. You don't, yeah, to, yeah. you don't even have to go that deep. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's right there. <laughs> my kid has a very particular he's picky eater and he wanted Chick-fil-A and I was like, all right, fine, we'll go there and I go through the drive through and to my surprise, they're like, we're paying $19 an hour and yeah. And, and pick what subscription we want because we're going to get you a subscription to Spotify or HBO plus or mm-hmm. Hulu, whatever, whatever yeah. you want. We're going to get this for you too. And I oh, was they like, they understand the incentives. Yeah, they get it. I almost thought you were going to say they understood the assignment and I was going no. to scream. No, no, no. <laughs> and and, and yes. listen, that's $10 a month, right? Yeah. We're not talking about right. something big, but it's a it, it's a gesture that would never have been out there before. No, no, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. Well, I have to. I know. it's, it's yeah, This it's is time. like a firm yeah. situation. Yeah. So... Dan, before, you know, we do the things that we have to do, where can people find you? I can be found in the service industry. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'm not putting my Instagram out there. Great answer. Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) I would not be hard to find if you wanted to find me. Great. Fair, fair, fair. Dan Um, Mason, Chicago. Uh, if you are want to talk about restaurant industry, that is my Instagram. Uh, not anything fun. It's okay. Yeah. People call me it's Danager. Too- They're like, you should change your name to Danager. And I'm like, that's too cute for me. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> see, and I stopped myself from this entire conversation to be like, how many times have you been called Danager? Because I already know the answer. I already know. I don't know. Lieutenant Dan, Danager. Lieutenant, yeah, yeah. Danimal. Sure. Yeah. See, there you go. There's that For one. a long time, I went by my last name, and uh, because Dan sounds too much like damn or man or and, and I was always looking around my shoulder, and Mason yeah. sounds yeah. not like many other yeah, it's things. Very, it's, mm-hmm. it's very, very definitive. Yes. And uh, so I went by that for, by a long time. I'll answer to anything. I, I have a number. Same. I have a number <laughs> of regulars that call me Dave, and I okay. just don't correct them. Yes. Well, that's that's awesome. <laughs> um. One thing that I will mention, uh, 
you know, not just from myself, but, you know, the entire crew. Uh, Thank you so much for sitting down and talking with us. We know that these conversations can can feel a little, you know, you know, nerve wracking because they're conversations that people typically have between uh, between close friends or like close colleagues or even just behind closed doors to, you know, make sure that their actions match their mindset. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. Also, um, on my end, I would like to thank our wonderful partner here at Blind Barber for hosting this necessary conversation. Also, thank you so, so much uh, to Seedlip for, for the support. And I definitely just want to drop this little reminder um, because our friends at Seedlip back in April, they were thrilled to announce becoming a member of 1% for the planet and through their bespoke process with each botanical seedlip captures the essence of nature to invigorate the senses and connect people to nature and to their roots and they are extremely happy to announce that they are partnered with we got next and you're going to be asking me, what is We Got Next? And We Got Next amplifies individual stories of adventure and activism from communities that have been underrepresented in outdoor conservation and environmental spaces. So thank you so much again to Seedlip and also the entire Terms of Service crew. The squad, yes. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, the squad, the team. Rick, Daniel, Ryan, Max... You, Nariva, obviously. Is Cortez still Cortez, yeah. Thank you, Justin. It is It is my pleasure. And in closing, I am Justin Arnett Graham, and you can find me on Instagram at thisisbiko. And my name is Nariba Shepard. You can find me on Instagram at Rebaru, R-E-B-A-R-U. And I hope that we'll uh, have some words for you soon. Have a good one. Peace.